Kale McCarr is the NHL 24 cover athlete, but is that good news for the Colorado Avalanche? Plus, no fighting in the QMJHL, and we rank them top 10 centers in the Western Conference on today's episode of Locked On NHL. Your Locked On NHL, your daily podcast on the National Hockey League. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. And welcome into a Western Conference Tuesday edition of Locked on NHL, part of the Locked on Podcast Network, your team every day. Thank you for making Locked on NHL your first listen each and every day. If this is your first time tuning in, we welcome you in and hope that you subscribe so you don't miss out on any new episodes throughout the week. You can find us on YouTube and your favorite podcast platforms. On today's Western Conference edition of Locked On NHL, myself and Nick Morgan go through some potential honorable mention names for cover athlete of NHL 24. We'll talk top 10 centers in the West, and we'll talk about the QMJHL putting in stipulations to try to limit fighting on the ice. My name is Seth Topal, host of Locked on Wild, joined by my Tuesday co-host, Nick Morgan of Locked on Predators. Nick, what's happening? It's another uh, Tuesday. We have made it one day into the week, so can't argue with that. The uh, the midpoint of the month of August, and so um, it's it's starting to feel, it was cool today in Minnesota, so it's starting to feel like fall which means winter which means hockey season so we're we're drawing ever closer and one of those uh rituals of the end of the summer of which i will be uh taking part in quite a bit um here over the next few weeks the uh, cover athlete for nhl 24 was announced none other than avs defenseman kale mccarr and McCarr has just become one of the premier defensemen, Nick, in the Western Conference, not only Western Conference, but the NHL as well. But before we talk about that, I have stumbled upon a nugget Let's that go. I don't think Avs fans are going to want to hear. Turns out NHL has a Madden curse of its own. Not necessarily player specific, but listen to this. This uh, post on X. I'm still getting used to not saying tweet on Twitter. It's the this post, yeah, on, on X from Jay Fresh. Unfortunately for the Colorado Avalanche and Kale McCarr, only two of the past 27 EA NHL cover athletes have made it past the first round of the postseason that same season. And the last time a player actually did was NHL 2010, in which Patrick Kane was the cover athlete and the Blackhawks won the cup that season. After that, Jonathan Taves in 2011, Blackhawks lose in round one. Steven Stamkos in NHL 12, Lightning missed the playoffs. Claude Giroux in NHL 2013, Flyers missed the playoffs. Martin Brodeur in 14, Devils missed the playoffs. Patrice Bergeron in 15, Bruins missed the playoffs. Jonathan Taves again, Blackhawks losing round one in 16. Vladimir Tarasenko, the Blues losing round two. So that was actually the second time 
was uh, the Blues getting to round two. But then Connor McDavid in 2018, Oilers miss the playoffs. P.K. Subban, the Predators lose in round one in 2019. Austin Matthews, Alex Ovechkin, Austin Matthews again, and Trevor Zegers this past season in which the Ducks did not make the playoffs. And so, Avs fans, I, I do think, I do think the Avalanche are, they're obviously good enough to get to the postseason, but that's, that is just a, a cosmic level event coming together to, uh, to turn this into a jinx, essentially. Let's go. I love it. I love, I love just the history of it. Give me just off the wall, random, obscure NHL trivia. Like, I love this. I love uh, whoever went back and did all this research. Uh, And I will tell you what, Seth, like the central divisions, no cakewalk either. There's some tough teams in there. I mean, yeah, like it's it's possible that Colorado could get knocked out in round one again this year. Yeah, yeah it's let's, it's let's, um, let's see it. I mean, stranger things have happened. Mm-hmm. Bruins, the team of destiny, lost in round one, so yeah. it is certainly possible. But I found it interesting that there was a lot of reaction saying that Matthew could chuck was probably more deserving for just the ascension that he had throughout the postseason. But Kale McCarr is Kale McCarr. He's he's a premier level player in this league. And so I'm I'm not going to I'm not going to say anybody else was robbed mm-hmm. of that honor. But what we are here to do today is to try to come up with some names of other players who would have been deserving of being the cover athlete. And so I'll lead off with one that was on my list, and it was uh, a player who we'll probably talk about a little later in the show today, that uh, being Golden Knights center Jack Eichel. Uh, The run that he had in the postseason, I think certainly would have been worthy of, and he probably was considered, I think he would have been worthy of of being that cover athlete because of just the level that he took it to for Vegas uh, as the postseason unrolled along and mm-hmm. was a huge part as to uh to why they were the team hoisting the cup that's a good one i feel like when it comes to nhl cover athletes like you want somebody that's fun to play with like just mm-hmm. like the the god mode player on the team like you think of madden madden 04 michael vick on that cover Every kid played the, with the Atlanta Falcons because every kid wanted to do the Michael Vick, like run around 10 times, use that 95 speed, to just outrun the entire defense or just bomb it 90 yards down the field. Either one. And I feel like there's a hockey equivalent last year. That's why, you know, Trevor Zegras was on the cover last year with Sarah Nurse was because everybody wanted to play with Trevor Zegras. He had the best handles, uh, I think, in the game. Uh, And, you know, you look at some of these past names, like you just want fun people to play with. Uh, Does Jack Eichel embody that? Not quite sure. Like he's a very like, and don't get me wrong. He's one of the best like players out there. Uh, But is he fun to play with? The one name I would think, uh, and I'm, you know, not including Connor McDavid because he's already been on there. Uh, The one name I might go is Elias Pedersen. Oh, somebody else uh, that I think was really fun to play with just because he's highly rated pretty much in everything. Uh, and another person would be Kaprizov. 
maybe another yeah. in that same vein. And these are just guys out of the West. Obviously, there's yeah. a lot of players like that in the East, but those are two that like I would be, oh, this would be fun just to like ISO with them all game and just, you know, skate in and out and do the zany just skate around the net 10 times thing that you always do in shell and just light it up. My go-to move, and I, I didn't mention Kaprizov because I didn't want to seem like the homer. The Well, you co- you cover their team, so of course you're going to say him. Yeah. So I'm glad you did. My go-to move is exactly that with Kaprizov. Is you just you skate around the perimeter of the zone. And then what I typically do is cut straight up the middle, and if you can get the defenders to kind of glide one way or the other, you just go the opposite and just plant one behind the net. Yeah. I miss the like Sega Genesis NHL days where the go-to move was like the wraparound behind the net, but it was like the wraparound slap shot (laughs) where it's like you skate around, go to the other side of the net and just like yeet it, yeet it from the circle. And it somehow just every time just scored every single time. Magical, just, just magical. So now it's going to be interesting to see if the avalanche can break the curse or can be one of the teams that are on the right side of this, because now we've got empirical evidence that uh, it could be not the season they're hoping for. Mm. So we're going to leave it at that and we'll just, uh, we'll just see how things play out, but we're going to talk more about some of those players when we get to our rankings of uh, top centers in the West to finish the show. But when we come back, We'll talk about some new rules in the QMJHL in regards to fighting. That's on the way on today's Western Conference Tuesday edition of Locked On NHL. Football season is right around the corner, and FanDuel is giving you the chance to win all season long. Because right now, when you bet on a Super Bowl winner, you can get bonus bets every time they win in the regular season. Just pick any team to win the Super Bowl and you'll get bonus bets for every victory. If you head to FanDuel, the current favorite to win the Super Bowl is the Kansas City Chiefs at plus 600. And ironically enough, a repeat of last year's Super Bowl is the most, uh, the potential matchup that has the best odds uh, between the Kansas City Chiefs and the Philadelphia Eagles. That's currently at plus 1800 so you can head to FanDuel and bet on those or other props and games you can use your bonus bets on spreads player props over-unders and more so head to FanDuel.com slash locked on and start earning bonus bets with America's number one sportsbook again that's FanDuel.com slash locked on FanDuel.com slash locked on Continuing today's Tuesday, Western Conference Tuesday edition of Locked on NHL. Once again, thank you for making Locked on NHL your first listen each and every day. Make sure, if you haven't already, to tune into your favorite teams, Locked on shows such as Locked on Predators or Locked on Wild as we gear up for the start of the season. Seth Topol joined by Nick Morgan for today's show. And Nick, the QMJHL is trying to cut down on fighting. And uh, they've put in some pretty strict stipulations to stop uh, fighting altogether with automatic ejections and, uh, and things along that line. And we've seen this discussed quite a bit, that uh, leagues throughout the, uh, the country, throughout the, uh, the world, 
are trying to do things to limit fighting and uh, hope that it spreads to the higher levels, such as the NHL. What do you think about the potential for this to be more frequent and more common in other leagues with the hopes that it then catches on and spreads to the NHL level? Well, I think there's two layers to this. One is fighting at the junior level. You can understand why, you know, leagues would maybe want to limit that. First, player protection. Uh, Obviously, you don't want, you know, a junior player having to become an enforcer and then suffering concussion problems at age, you know, 19 and 20. Uh, We understand, you know, player safety uh, is a big part of that. Um, you know, we also have seen, you know, these are teenagers who don't really have their maturity under control yet. And we've seen uh, situations in the juniors just get out of hand uh, with wild brawls, with cheap shot kind of, you know, fights, sucker punch situations. And you can see, you know, teams wanting to limit that is Far as this, you know, kind of catching on and moving up to the pro levels, look, everybody's going to have their opinion on fighting. And I think that whatever your stance on it is, you can make a valid argument for that. Me personally, Seth, um, I am pro fighting in the NHL. I, I mean, from first off, I mean, selfishly, it's entertaining. I mean, let's not act like, you know, we don't get up out of our seats and go, heck yeah, when, you know, somebody drops the gloves or when there's a big brawl at the end of the game or a big line brawl or goalie fight. Let's let's not pretend that's not entertaining. Um, You know, I I do think also from the other stand is I do think fighting still has a place in the NHL. This sounds cliche, and I know a lot of people hate this argument, but I really do think that's a way for players to police each other. You know, if you're going to take a run at somebody's best player uh, and, you know, if, if, you know, you're, you know, a Matthew Kachuk type player, who's going to check Connor McDavid 10 times, you know, if you're the Edmonton Oilers, you want a guy that's going to go out there against Kachuk and be like, Hey, you do that again. We're dropping the gloves, buddy. And, And maybe it's not an enforcer kind of thing anymore. Like maybe the days of, adding like, you know, the Bob Proberts and Wade Bellax and Derek Bugards and, you know, up now to like the Ryan Reeves, maybe just having that person in your lineup for, you know, five minutes a game. Maybe that's in the past. Like maybe that's something we got to figure out how to use. But let's say you are a player, you know, like Matthew Kachuk or Tom Wilson, Um, players, you know, who can fight, you know, Tanner Janot in Tampa Bay, another good example, somebody that can fight, but also has some on ice value. Yeah, I don't mind those players fighting. No, I, I agree with you 100% because um, the Wilds, for instance, kind of are dealing with that as well. They had Ryan Reeves on the roster, and now they've gone to try to replace him with a guy like Pat Maroon who brings you a little bit more than just that fighting element because you see teams, and, and I think Minnesota as an example saw this in the postseason where you got a guy like Ryan Reeves out on the ice. And he's trying to go with somebody like just trying to get somebody on Dallas's roster to go. But Dallas knows that that's really, that's really all he is going to do. And so why would you, why would you go to kind of his elements as opposed to just simply not, not engaging? And so I think you're, I think you're hundred percent on in that it, it still has a place, but 
you're seeing more that players who are really good um, on both, you know, an offense and a defensive side just are able to fight when they need to. And I think we see a lot at the NHL level too is players know that if they do something, they're going to have to eventually answer for it. And so it, it comes down to frustration with, with how things have gone throughout the course of the game, you know, you take a run at me, I'm going to come back after you, that sort of thing. I just, I think we're seeing the days of the, the enforcer kind of are starting to dwindle. Um, There will still be guys on the roster that can fight, but teams value, I think players that can bring more to the ice than just that uh, a little more. So it it is interesting. Uh, It will be very interesting to see how this, unfolds obviously we'll be keeping an eye on the QMJHL to see how this is received but it's going to be a while before there's any impact I think at the NHL level for this right and I think a lot of the players that you talk to in the NHL a lot of players have just kind of expressed you know hey there there is still you know kind of a place for fighting you know and and i think even the players like it gets them fired up too and you know like there's those reactionary things like hey if you take a run at somebody we are going to you know drop the gloves and go at you i think there's some stupid fights like yay anytime you know mm-hmm. if somebody's carrying the puck and there's just a clean hit but it's a big clean hit and then all of a sudden there's three guys jumping that guy you know, maybe that's something that we should figure out how to eliminate. But, you know, I do think that there are situations that come up yeah. where fighting is, is reactionary. And I think if you're the NHL and you're the players, you got to figure out a way to kind of weed out those stupid fights, but still have spots where, you know, like like a you know fight to protect a teammate. Or, you know, fight because somebody's just been, you know, taking little extra jabs at the goalie after the whistle two or three plays. You know, that's the kind of stuff that, you know, I think you should keep in. It's just going to be a fine balance to try to kind of, you know, police this a little bit. Yeah, absolutely. And a way to help kind of if a team is struggling, maybe somebody lower in the lineup tries to just to get everybody going, that sort of a thing. And yeah, we'll uh, we'll keep an eye on it. And, uh, and see if there's any further impact of this. But we're going to get to one of the main courses of today's show, the rankings. We continue our ranking series, and we'll be looking at the top 10 centers in the Western Conference as we finish today's episode of Locked on NHL after this. Welcome back into today's Western Conference Tuesday episode of Locked on NHL. Again, part of the Locked on Podcast Network, your team every day. Seth Topol joined by Nick Morgan. Okay, Nick, let's get to our lists. And uh, we're going to, I like going with the, having you do your list and then I react to it. So let's, let's do that again for this week. All right. We, we doing the full thing or are we, am I starting with just my top three? Cause I feel like this is like goalies where there's a very obvious top three. Yeah. Let's, let's do the tiers. Okay, so the, so tier number one. Well, let, let's be honest. There, there's two top tiers. Number one is Connor McDavid, who is in a tier yep. by himself. <laughs> uh, that's that's tier one. The tier one A uh, is Leon Dreisaitl and Nathan McKinnon, and I think you can make a very strong argument that either one of them could be number two. 
Uh, I have Dreisaitl 2 just for a pure points production standpoint, and I have McKinnon 3. But I, I think those are your clear top three, Seth. One yeah. is obvious, and then maybe you can make an argument for two or three being flip-flopped. The the prosecution rests, Your Honor. I have no objections to any of those top three players, and I, I probably would at this point, based off of how the last couple of years have gone especially, I'd go McDavid, Dreisaitl, McKinnon. I think spot on. Yeah. So the rest of the list, uh, and this gets tricky because this comes into who is a center. Yeah. Because you have people like listed as center on NHL that played like wing the entire year and vice versa. Uh, so I did my best. Here's what I have. Uh, I have Elias Patterson four, Jack Eichel five. Uh, I put Rupe Hint six, uh, and uh, I would have had like you would have had Joe Pavelski there, but Joe Pavelski played most of the season on the wing last year, so he's not eligible in my eyes. Uh, and I kind of broke my rule for number seven because this is a player that's played every position on the Oilers. I put Ryan Nugent Hopkins seventh just because he's sometimes a center. Yeah. Like it seems like for 50% of the games. Uh, and then JT Miller, Anjay Kopitar, and Mark Shifley round up my top 10. Wow. I um, I don't know that I'm going to have much disagreement there either because – you look at guys like Pedersen is just becoming this just unreal beast of a player uh, with Vancouver and is, is very, he may already be there. He probably already is in terms of being a franchise player. And one of those guys that is like a, a emerging star in the NHL. So him at four feels like a really good fit. Um, I, I like Eichel at five because Eichel kind of, he, he found it again after losing it a little bit after the trade to Vegas, mm-hmm. he found it this year. So I, uh, I agree there. Um, Ryan Nugent Hopkins is a phenomenally underrated mm-hmm. player. And so him needing to be on that list is, is essential. Rupe Hintz is amazing. Um, and, Rupe Hintz would be on another list in terms of the emerging players in the Western Conference, too. So maybe we'll see him in a future ranking. Um, yeah, I I don't have any objection because Kopitar, let's let's do this. Mm-hmm. Kopitar is, is one for sure that I wanted to make sure was on this list. Mm-hmm. But a guy like him and Shifley, they're not at that. They're still very good, but they're not at that Pedersen level right so i i think i think it's a it's a darn good list i'm i'm not gonna i'm not gonna really do anything to uh to tweak it or not because i agree on pavelski i think he play as as i was told by stars fans when i listed him as part of the center depth when the postseason started um mentioned that he actually played wing and so yeah. <laughs> that's that's where i'm gonna put him too so yeah, I I think it's a good list. Yeah. I just am sad that uh, the Wild don't have any players on it. Yeah, no, no Ryan Hartman arguments to to move up there. No, I I like Ryan Hartman as a player, but uh, there's a there's a sizable gap between your Elias Pettersons, your Jack Eichels, and your Ryan Hartmans. Yeah, 
it was hard to, to kind of fill out the list because it's like, okay, who else is a franchise center right now? Mm-hmm. Uh, some other names I kind of thought about, like Jordan Cairo in St. Louis. Like maybe he's another year away from being in the top 10. Uh, Trevor Zegris. Like I think that's another player that like, you know, maybe – one year from now, like, you know, as soon as he kind of has just that massive breakout year that I think a lot of Ducks fans are waiting, that's yeah. another one. Um, and, uh, you know, somebody last year that definitely would have made the top 10, Elias Lindholm, uh, that's a player who did not have a good year last year once all of his buddies uh, moved on to other teams. Huber, uh, uh, not Huberto, uh, Johnny Gaudreau and Matthew Kachuk. Uh, but, you know, maybe maybe a bounce back year puts him back in that tier. I, I would also put, um, I, I think he's maybe one or two years away from getting on this list, but Matty Beneers would be a, an honorable mention too. Right. Um, had a fantastic season, but again, he's in, I think he's in Zegers territory right now is the talent is unquestioned. It's just, you want to see those guys do this a couple of times. And like you said, with Zegers, he's going to have that type of a season and everybody's going to know. And then boom, he's, he's up into the top 10. Here's a question for you because this came up, I think when uh, the locked on NHL hosts were doing like their top rankings, where what do you feel about putting Connor Bedard on a list like this? Because here's the thing: like if you're going by potential and maybe raw talent, he might you might make a case that he's in this top 10 center list right now. But on the other hand, he hasn't done anything yet. Yeah. And I think that's my biggest thing is a lot of people are kind of ranking him in these like top tens and like best player in, in the you know West and some of these lists without him playing a game yet. And I think we just have to kind of wait and see. Seth. At least that's my opinion. What do you feel about that? You, you're spot on. Like with any of these types of lists is you want to see the player put something down statistically that you can base off of everybody else. Cause right now we just know that Bedard is a generational talent um, that is going to be hopefully the franchise cornerstone for Chicago for a long time. But how does he handle playing at the NHL level until we see that? I just have a hard time. I mean, I'll put him in, I'll put him on the upper half for sure. Mm-hmm. Um, and probably further up than that, but just not quite top 10. If he has a great season, like if he has a 30 goal season for Chicago this year and just looks absurd, mm-hmm. then yeah, he's, he's going to hop into that list very quickly. But I just, I just want to see one season before, before exactly. I start putting him in my list. Yeah. It's, it's for us, the fans, but it's also for Bedard too. Mm-hmm. Like let, let that kid develop, like let that kid get under the skin. Like, you know, maybe this is a Nathan McKinnon situation where he's just kind of looks so, so for, you know, a year or two, and then finally has that, you know, giant breakout year. Um, you know, let's, let's just let him develop and get used to playing in the NHL. And then we can talk about, you know, him being a generational talent and everything. Yeah, most definitely for what it's worth. The top five polls, for uh, Locked On NHL, uh, they went McDavid, Dreisaitl, McKinnon for their top three centers. Uh, so we we were right on there. Uh, there were a couple of Eastern Conference players after that, in Austin Matthews and Jack Hughes. 
And then I'll note as well, top five players, 22 and under in the NHL, Jack Hughes, Tim Stutzla, then Connor Bedard at three, Maddie Beneers at four and Trevor Zegers at five. So pretty, pretty spot on. And I, I would be shocked if a year from now, one of those guys on the 22 and under list in either Bedard or Zegers or Beneers, if we check back and we do this again, I'd be shocked if at least one of those guys is not on this list come next year. Yeah, I'm right there with you. Well, that is going to do it for today's episode of Locked on NHL. Again, thank you for tuning in. Make sure you subscribe on YouTube and your favorite podcast platforms. Make sure you give Locked on Predators and uh, Nick a follow as well, as well as myself and Locked on Wild, so you don't miss out on any news on your favorite NHL teams as we guide you through the rest of the offseason. You can find new episodes of Locked on NHL all week long as part of the Locked on Podcast Network.